So hey, this is Asa. Before we even get started, I got something to tell you. Did you know that the 10K Society is open? No, 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 seriously. Did you know that it's actually available? It actually is. So what is it? So 10K Society is the one thing that you need to stop feeling like the brokest bitch at brunch. No, seriously, you know that feeling. You go to brunch, you are fly. Like everybody's looking at you because, I mean, it's you. But then what happens? You get that menu and you realize you can't afford anything. But you're an entrepreneur. You're aspiring to build the business of your dreams. And you know it's possible. But you just don't know what you just don't know. So how about you just do this? Allow me to take your hand and walk you through the journey of what it means to be an entrepreneur. Because let's face it, nobody wants to be around the broke bitch at brunch. Go to 10ksociety.co. I say again, that's www.10ksociety.co and allow me to make a difference for you now. And welcome to the Entrepreneur Show with Asa Laveau. I am your divinely queer host, Asa Laveau, and I am excited as always that you have chosen to be at the right place at the right time for the right reason which is now. I do not take it lightly that you have chosen to co-create this moment in time, another episode of the podcast show. Uh, So thank you. Just honestly, thank you. You could have just done so many other things and you're here. So I'm just really excited about that. So if you don't know what entrepreneur is, what it stands for, what the term is, even if you're saying it right, so the term is entrepreneur. It is a term that I coined and created. Why? Because I desire to be celebrated for all of who I am. And I think you do too. So what I mean by that is so often I was not able or did not feel that I was celebrated in all aspects of who I am. And so I that looks like me being in entrepreneurial circles, business world, and, you know, I want to talk about this really dope vulgar <laughs> that I saw on Twitter or Instagram. And they're not, like, that's not warranted. Like, they're not feeling me at all talking about voguing. Or it'll look like me being in queer-identified spaces. And I want to talk about sales copy. Or I want to talk about uh, a new digital marketing uh, possibility that I just found out about or that I am pursuing. And then they're looking to be like, what are you doing right now (laughs) like that is the opposite of what a kiki is so i just i created a space just for people like me uh who love like me think like me act like me a little bit uh just a little bit so that you don't feel like you are the odd person out all right now today's episode uh now let me be clear I understand that we're entrepreneurs. I understand that we are all about the queer, all about the entrepreneurial. And in the middle of all of that, in the midst of all of that, is what? Our lives. 
Like in the midst of all of that, we are doing our best to just be. Like just to be. Why? Because we are human beings. We're not human doings. So the best of us is not about what we do, but just how we be. And being just allowed to be. And a part of that being and being allowed to be really does come to are we taking care of ourselves so there's no point in building this business and going to brunch and all these wonderful things if we're not even going to be mindful of what's happening with us like literally if you talk we talk about business we talk about knowing your numbers whether it's your social media numbers your conversion stats all of those numbers are important we also want to know what's happening with you literally what's happening with you and so thankfully i have some help today that we can dive into this conversation of understanding more and making sure that you're just informed and aware of what's possible so that you can keep yourself informed and protected as well as everybody else that you come in contact with and so to help me do this today i have caleb on caleb are you there yeah i'm here thank you so much for having me on today thank you for coming i so appreciate you yeah absolutely Uh, i'm really excited to talk about everything i do and maybe educate some people that are listening awesome so the very first thing i gotta know like i really want to know when caleb was a little human what was Caleb? What was Caleb's favorite toy growing up? Oh my goodness! Well, it's not necessarily a toy, but it is the thing that I always talk about that I had, and kind of was like the the giveaway that I was a little gaby at the time, at like six years old. <laughs> I had a uh, Spice Girls diary that I I ran around with and I don't even think I knew how to write at the time but I always had it with me uh, and it was my favorite thing ever so a Spice Girl diary huh yes yes my, okay, my mom so <laughs> yeah my mom okay, I want to know what kind of secrets were in this thing I know that's the thing I don't even think because I think I was like five or six years old at the time um and so I don't even know if I could fully write sentences or anything. So it was probably just a bunch of drawings, but um, I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. And so I loved that that little diary that I would hang up, that I would uh, just take everywhere. So that really is probably like the cutest answer I've ever heard. <laughs> Having a little Spice Girls diary. That's, yeah, I can, I can actually see that. I can actually see it. So, and before we go any further, we are here at the Entrepreneur Show really desire to make sure that people feel comfortable and welcome. And that looks like making sure that we don't misgender anyone. So could you please share with all of us your pronouns? Absolutely. So I use he, him pronouns, but I do uh, respond to any pronouns that are used uh, when identifying me as long as they're respectful. I like that. I've also, I talked about uh, on another show about me pondering about the pronouns that I use and not only being he, him, since I identify as cisgendered, and just really just pondering the possibilities of that. So I like your answer. It's uh, definitely along that line. Yeah. And so for, even though I know, I definitely have the luxury of knowing what it, how you bring uh, results to the world and 
help. How uh, can you please let the person that's co-creating this episode with us, please let them know what you're up to. Yeah, so uh, I'm based in Chicago right now, but I'm from a small town in Indiana. Um, for the past, oh, over six years now, I've been working in the HIV field. Uh, and right now I'm a regional project coordinator at the Midwest AIDS Training and Education Center. Um, but aside from my professional work, even personal life, I, I continually make an effort to use my social media platforms to educate um, all of my followers on anything HIV and sexual health related. Um, I think how you found me was actually from a viral tweet about you uh, equals you, which I think we're gonna get into a little bit more today. And so I've really been fortunate to have the opportunity to connect with a lot of people using you. What was the basis of that? Oh, you mean you equals you? Yes. What, yeah. So that term, did you create that or is it something that you're working with? No. So um, the Prevention Access Organization, uh, which is a national organization, um, created the U Equals U campaign. And so what that stands for is undetectable equals untransmittable. And so they created that campaign to educate people on the I. Um, the idea that once someone who is HIV positive, once they reach what's called an undetectable status, uh, they can no longer transmit HIV to someone else as long as they maintain that undetectable status. And so, um, which is relatively a, a new concept. And so making that their, their goal um, has spread globally. And so uh, a lot of people like myself in the HIV field do their part to spread that message and make sure people know what it, what it's about. And so, what has been your what has been your biggest challenge with this? Um, I think, and like I said, regarding that sort of viral tweet that that happened, um, I think we saw the that HIV stigma is alive and well just from the replies and comments underneath that tweet. Um, that people feel like or have this misconception that HIV positive people are tr are out there trying to give other people HIV or that if someone is HIV positive that that should mean that they're someone or that's not trustworthy and that isn't going to take their medications um, etc etc and so I think our biggest hurdle in the HIV field not only with the U equals U movement but with PrEP and testing is is stigma. It, it really stands in our way to make any um, further advancements and any advancements that we do have it seems to just be at a, a slow glacial pace. <laughs> I get that and so what I'm going to do is so you bring up some very valid points and so what I'm going to do right now then is I'm just going to start asking you some even though I may know the answer to them, some of them I may not know. And I'm just gonna ask you just questions because I want everybody, I desire for everyone to be informed on a base level so okay. that we don't make people feel wrong or dirty or shameful Absolutely. in this at all. Yes, I love that. So, yes. So the very first question is, is if someone is, I'll just go from the beginning. So if someone is undetectable, does it mean they can uh, infect someone else if they are undetectable? 
No. So, it, but, and let me give a little bit of background too, because I've, I've gotten this question a lot. Um, my, I always say that I keep my uh, DMs open for HIV questions, so I get this one a lot actually, so I'm glad you asked it. So, it, it requires someone to achieve HIV indetectable status. It can take up to a year at most, um, at the very least multiple months. Um, and so this person has to stay on their regimen, which is likely at least one pill daily. And so by the time that a doctor gives them sort of the, the go ahead that yes, you're undetectable, um, that means that they're, they're good on their regimen and they are not able to uh, transmit HIV to someone else. And that uh, statement, U equals U, is actually supported not only by the CDC, but by multiple studies. Um, where no other prevention method has been used, and there was one individual that was positive, undetectable, and there was one individual who was HIV negative, and in those studies, no cases of transmission occurred. Thank you for that, because for the longest time, I was definitely someone who did not get it. I honestly just thought undetectable just meant that you weren't acceptable of death. Like literally, I thought that just meant, okay, you now you won't have to die. I never oh. thought that it was that you didn't have, you weren't going to infect anyone, because in our minds, especially being an '80s baby for me, our a lot of our thinking is once you have it, you have it, and then anyone that's close to you is susceptible of getting it, like point blank, period. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think we see and why stigma is so is still around so heavily is that when it comes to HIV and I mean, actually, in anything regarding sexual health, STIs, what have you, I mean, fear based messaging was the go to for, for public health messaging for those things, especially HIV. Um, and so we're still unpacking and trying to have people unlearn those things. And I think you, the U, U equals U statement sort of challenges that. And I think that um, people are really having to take a, a long look at those sort of views and rethink how they see people who have HIV. Indeed, I agree. So let's talk about, so another question I have is around PrEP. So first question is, can anyone get it? Um, technically, yes. <laughs> and I say technically because um, a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, have, if they've pursued PrEP, um, a handful of them have at least run into some barriers into, into receiving it. And a lot of times those are financial issues. Um, and what I would recommend for any listeners who are um, pursuing PrEP and are not are running into financial issues, definitely try to find a PrEP navigator, um, someone at a clinic that can help you navigate those systems because there is a way for you to access it. It just might require a little extra work, which is unfortunate uh, and does, again, prevent us from making progress. Indeed. And, and so, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask it because, again, I guess I think our intention is to make sure everyone knows everything that we're discussing. And so should I mm -hmm. go into, should I explain maybe what PrEP is for anyone that might not know? Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. So, so when we say PrEP, that's an abbreviation for pre-exposure prophylaxis. And the easiest way to explain what PrEP is, is that it's a uh, 
medication that you can take to prevent yourself from getting HIV. So uh, a, an easy analogy would be the birth control of HIV. Because uh, right now, the only approved version of it is a daily pill that you can take. Got it. And going forward with the prep question, um, here's something that I saw circulating online. Is PrEP a type of COVID cure? It is not. Um, I because think that was definitely something that was talked about earlier on. So I will say it, it, it kind and I know exactly what you're talking about because um, I am so <laughs> active and talking about HIV online. I feel like the algorithm is constantly showing me things about HIV on every single platform. So I feel like that conversation kind of went from um, gay men on Twitter talking about like, oh, I'm on prep, so I don't have to worry about COVID, like joking about it to people kind of assuming that it was real. However, um, in the early COVID studies for treatment and a vaccine, they were testing some antiretroviral medications, the medications that are used to treat HIV uh, on COVID. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think any of those have been successful, but I'm sure as we continue to deal with COVID and the pandemic, they're still going to be testing every type of medication that we already have. But as of right now, no. Gotcha. Okay. And so, Nolu, let's do, let me do a couple situational okay. uh, questions. Okay. okay. So let's say that I'm a listener and I have been contacted by a former partner that has said they now have HIV. Okay. How, number one, I don't know if I have it, but how, what's the likelihood that I could have it and what should I do now? Okay. Um, in this situation, I'm going to assume that that partner had uh, HIV during during the sexual encounter. Like they got tested and it's confirmed during that time. We're just going to make that assumption to make the situation a little easier to explain. Mm -hmm. um, what I would say is that if you, if you are notified of that and it has been within 72 hours of, of the sexual encounter. Um, there's also a prevention method called PEP. So very similar to PrEP, but one less letter, PEP. Uh, and it's called post-exposure prophylaxis. And it's also a prevention method that when using medications that you start within 72 hours of potentially being exposed to HIV, um, you can take it to prevent yourself from getting HIV as well. But again, you must start it within 72 hours. Um, most emergency rooms can provide that and a lot of STI and HIV clinics can as well. Um, if it's not within 72 hours, um, your best bet is to go to a testing center near you um, and let them know that you've been potentially exposed. Um, and they may be able to provide you an RNA test, which requires a blood draw and can actually detect um, a potential infection within a month of it happening, which is the, the quickest in our technology and testing that we have right now. So I have never heard of PEP in my life. Really? 
not want and I get tested often and when I do get tested I often go on Facebook live publicly and um, allow the entire thing to be filmed so that's so much (laughs) so I've never no one has ever ever talked to me or informed me about a thing about pet not one thing well, I'm so happy that I can be the, the first to tell you. Uh, but yeah, so PEP's actually been around a lot longer than PrEP has because it initially was used for uh, medical professionals who were unknowingly exposed to HIV. And again, like in ERs, when you have someone who has a lot of blood loss and you're, I don't know, you're just really getting in there and not thinking about it. Obviously they wear gloves and what have you. Um, and a lot of ER patients will get tested upon getting admitted, but still, it was it was typically used for medical professionals. But um, now the general public can uh, acquire it if, again, within 72 hours of potential exposure. And that looks like two pills that you take daily for an entire month, and that has an 80% um, effective rate of preventing HIV too. Got it. Okay, great. So I have two more situational questions. I think I only have two more. Okay. Okay, so, <laughs> okay we'll go with this one. Okay. So uh, how do I want to ask this? I am, do I want to ask that question or this question? I'll ask this question. Okay. So I am somebody on uh, dating apps. So I'm on Scruff, I'm on Grindr, I'm on Tinder. And sometimes like when I'm in a city, Cause I'm in a, I live in the suburbs, I'm in the city, and so I'll be looking, you know, trying to hook up with somebody, and um, and I'm asking them, I'm like, yo, are you clean? And people are just blocking me, like straight up ghosting me after I say, are you clean? So what's wrong? Are people just not willing to share information by saying something wrong? Well, I would say that the, the term clean is definitely outdated. Um, so I will say that is something that we should probably retire from uh, what you use on dating apps because the, the reason that we say clean is because you're insinuating that if someone who's ever had uh, any STI would make them dirty. Um, and so because STIs happen often and sometimes unknowingly, um, it wouldn't make someone necessarily dirty to have contracted one, you know? Um, and so maybe that may be why some people are, are responding to that question with an immediate block. Um, and I think maybe an al- a, a alternative to that question would be, um, have you been tested? When is the last time that you were tested? Uh, what were you tested for? Just two to three questions just to quickly get a confirmation um, and then you move on. Got it, and you answered that exactly the way I wanted you to answer that. So thank you very much for that. Because uh, I often tell people that, like, don't don't say that. Do not put that clean, dirty thing. Just say what you want to say. Stay tested. So thank you. And the last uh, situational question I'll ask is this. So I'm a cop, and I'm having sex raw. Because my thing is. Only bottoms can catch AIDS and HIV. So what am I worried about? Um, that is incorrect. Um, while the chances, if you will, if you're going to refer to data, which I'm going to assume most people aren't, 
Um, the chances of getting HIV are higher if you are the, a bottom. However, there is still a chance if you're a top as well. And so I do recommend that all the total tops out there still get tested, look into PrEP if you're a good candidate for it, and make sure that you know your status. Thank you. Because that's real. People really do think that shit. Oh, I know. I know. I've been on the apps, girl. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I know. I know. So, one, hey, one last question. One last question. So, okay. I am a woman and I'm a lesbian. And my thing is, I totally understand, you know, the whole blood transfusion thing. But my thing is, I'm a lesbian. So, I can't get uh, HIV or AIDS, so what am I worried about? Um, While I sympathize with this sort of thinking, especially since a lot of our marketing towards HIV is targeted towards cis gay men, uh, which is unfortunate and we should change that. Um, There is still a risk for any individual from getting any sexual being uh, from getting HIV. Um, and that be, is because um, for a lesbian, I'm, a, I'm assuming both, let's say these two partners are cisgender females, um, there is still HIV present in vaginal secretions as well as anal secretions if you're doing, utilizing both of those during your sex. Um, and again, so you have potential for exposure. And so again, for anyone, lesbians, total tops, whomever, know your status, get tested, uh, know and utilize the different prevention methods that we have available to us. Gotcha. And that was a very good answer. Uh, I thought about that one while you were talking about something else. I was like, you know what? This is something that I heard before. (laughs) Somebody literally said that shit. I was like, wow, you are wow. But okay, let's go there. Honestly, I don't think you could think of a question that I haven't gotten before because in my previous role, I was a prep manager, so I would help people get mm-hmm. on prep. And let me tell you, I've, I've, I feel like I've gotten all of them. <laughs> so I would, I would be surprised if you asked something I haven't heard before. Well, you know, something that I've uh, doing this podcast and me talking to different types of people um, in the queer community. One thing that I have learned recently, and I wanted to get your take on it, is this thought from the older queer population, those that were literally around when the first uh, gay rights par- uh, parades and celebrations happened. I mean, every everything from 1970 to 1995. So that from that, if they were of adult age from in those years. Some of them feeling as though, you know what, you guys are fucking wild and you guys are like literally taking a shit on my brothers, on my sister's grave who died from this disease. And now all you have to do is take a fucking pill and you can just not have to deal with the shit. Like, I feel some kind of way about that. Have you experienced that? And if so, how do you handle that discourse? I I have experienced that, um, especially being someone who's on the younger side within the HIV field. I mean, I work with a lot of those, the people in those age groups um, that have been around the start of the HIV epidemic in the United States. And so 
Um, it's all about just meeting them where they are and sympathizing with their feelings. Cause like you said, I mean, they've lost people to this disease and that's actually why a lot of them joined this field and that's why it's their career and passion. And I would also add that I have people on the other end that are saying, well, prep is just going to make you more promiscuous. And these are, these are queer individuals, people who are very proclaimed to be uh, very sex positive. And they mm-hmm. don't like the idea of PrEP and think that condoms should be the only prevention method that we use. And so where I come into this is why don't we advertise all of our options uh, for prevention? It's not just one or the other, because obviously a great sexual health practice is to use multiple prevention methods. And in the end, just knowing your status is going to be huge and make, make a huge difference. Right. And so my thing is, with all of the STIs, anything from chlamydia to gonorrhea to HIV, I don't desire anybody to get anything. Let me just be very clear about that. I don't. I really don't. Um, And I've had to go. I've had, I'm going to put my shit out there. I mean, I'm writing a whole fucking book about it anyway. But so I'm putting myself out there. I have had I have had to go to the clinic and get me a shot in the ass and take me two tablets. I have had to do it. And <laughs> I've also know what it feels like to get that call from a very, very, very dear friend and in a very somber moment of them saying, Yo, Asa, I I got it and I don't know what to do. I don't know yep. I don't even know where to go. Like I don't even like I'm driving, but I don't even know where I am right now. Um, and dealing with that as well. And so with that being said, is there anything on the horizon for a PrEP-like supplement to prevent any SBI? Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure of the exact studies, but I have gotten word of sort of a, a, a prep for syphilis and gonorrhea respectively i don't think we'll see one that kind of covers it all that would be pretty difficult but hey you never know um but yeah i have heard that that is something that's at least being pursued if not already being done um and i think when it comes to hiv prep um, we're already seeing different options um come out of the the works um i think by next year we're going to have a injection that you get at the doctor every two months instead of the daily pill option and so i think to continue continue with the birth control analogy because with birth control there are a variety of different options whether it's the pill Mm -hmm. the arm insertion what have you i think we're going to see hiv prep go the same way which i think is awesome more more options the better Agreed, agreed. And so my thing is, as someone who is sex positive, and that, and I do mean sex positive in every way. So I believe in uh, rights for sexual workers. Um, I believe in not shaming anyone for their sexual appetite. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, their sexual appetite came, stayed, was reborn, renewed. I don't care how it came. If you have one, and if you don't have one, I am totally for your your ability to move through life in a very respectful way so that no one comes to you disrespectfully and I mean that in, I genuinely mean that so I appreciate everything that you're saying and if someone 
is uh, would love to connect with you for more information maybe to find out where they seek to go in their particular city town municipality uh, how can they reach out to you yeah so like i said i use my social media platforms to educate and connect with people all the time um, and so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok um, at Caleb Gossett. And uh, that's K-A-L-O-B-G-O-S-S-E-T-T. My name's kind of spelled odd. But um, yeah, I always respond to inquiries on, in my DMs. So please feel free to reach out anytime. And also, um, Asa, I'll definitely give you some more links as far as like um, search engines for where they can find prep near them or testing. Um, and so that they can use those on their own too if they wish. Thank you for that. Just know that not only have you made a difference for me, but I am certain that you have made a difference for uh, the person listening today and listening tomorrow. So please know that you have done a great thing. Your time was needed and you are definitely necessary. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. No doubt. And for those of you who are who are, who are co-creating this podcast session with us, please go to the show notes. I have all of Caleb's information there so that you can reach out. Uh, protect yourself while you're protecting your business. There's nothing wrong with protecting both. There's absolutely nothing wrong. So when we talk about C-corporations, tax shelters, and everything else, you can also talk about prep, PEP, and things on the horizon that are meant to protect you. So... Uh, Thank you all for joining. As always, I am Asa Laveau. Dreams and blessings.